Good evening and a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you for joining the Football Out West show. It's going to be a big one. It's episode 99, folks. And after last week's massive bumper episode, we've got the, the three wise monkeys back together again. Craig Filer, good evening to you. Welcome back to Victoria. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks, mate. Very well. Nice uh, nice couple of days break up in, uh, up in sunny Queensland, uh, early part of the week and, uh, and a very busy weekend, so... Yeah, glad to glad it's Sunday evening. Back on here, and then uh, off to uh, off to regional Victoria for a couple of days tomorrow working. So, yeah, oh, sounds go. lovely. Yeah. And and a very good afternoon or good evening to you, Steve Curtin. <laughs> Steve, how are you? How's things with you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Tonja. I had a very rare weekend off commentary duties this weekend, which put me in such a spin. I, I ran the wrong way at Cross Country Club this morning, but all in all, it was a good weekend. I saw the great man Santino Mamone last night, and uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a good weekend of uh, postponed games, catch-up games, yeah. catch-up with your mates maybe, and uh, of course, a couple of big cup finals as well. So, How was Santino, was Santino after, his, uh, after his beloved uh, Melbourne victory uh, uh, lost earlier in the week, Steve? Was he a bit distraught, was he? Uh, he's he's just looking for them to to turn turn the key later in the season when they integrate Nani into their into their uh, system. Yeah, he needs to support uh, another club, doesn't he? He's going to have a world of pain this year. Isn't he? <laughs> Absolutely, gents. We've got a massive show lined up tonight. But before we do go on about tonight's guests, uh, uh, Craig and Steve. Firstly, a big, big th- um, shout out to our major sponsors this year: George Caroline Springs George Cross Football Club. Um, big news from them. They are our major sponsor, home of the award-winning Georgies on Vista Bistro. But um, big news, they're going up. George Cross um, Football Club has been promoted to NPL 3 after a 2-0 away win to FC Strathmore. This was on Friday night. Um, obviously, Craig, you're, you're involved with Caroline Springs and you were there as well. Um, mate, take us through Friday night and how it was. And um, I'm telling you. I'm hearing that the uh, ground was very, very boggy there yeah. at Strath Neighbour Reserve. Yeah, look, it was, Tonch. It was, uh, it was touch and go, actually, whether the game was actually going to go ahead. But uh, Georgia's were adamant and uh, the coaching staff and the players wanted to get the game done. Um, obviously, didn't want another postponement. And fair play to uh, fair play to the referee. He called the game. Ante, the, uh, the uh, president of, uh, of Strathmore, was out there with a fork trying to... F- Get rid of some of the the the, the landing uh, the lying water that was on the pitch, but look, it was playable. It wasn't the most mm. the prettiest of game, but look from a from a, a George's point of view, very professional performance on a difficult on a difficult pitch, um, and ultimately they got the job done, which was uh, which was which was important. You know, it's not about how you play football at this stage of the season. It's, it's really no. about those 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 three points, and that's exactly what they did. And you know, uh, finally they've uh, they've got their um, their their. Much-deserved promotion. So, uh, yeah, very pleased for everybody at the club. Well, later on, we're going to be going through all the results, the weekend roundup. There wasn't many games played, but the games that were played were very, very important in the greater scheme of things as far as promotion and relegation is concerned. Gents, we're going to be doing that a bit later on. But, Craig, firstly, uh, who are our big guests for tonight? And after last week's mammoth, mammoth show, how can we ever top that? Look, last week's show was uh, was fantastic, wasn't it? You know, the um, three big clubs, I suppose, from uh, from Victoria was uh, and the and the views that we had were were just amazing. So thanks to everybody that uh, that did tune in last week. But uh, yeah, look, tonight we've uh, obviously with the Doherty Cup being played uh, yesterday afternoon, we've got the uh, 
the jubilant head coach of Bentley Greens, Nick Tolios. He's going to be joining us to talk about not only the season they've had, but obviously the, the fantastic win that they had yesterday in the uh, in the Doherty Cup. Uh, we're then going to cross over to um, Wally Hanna, who's the president of um, Upfield Soccer Club. Uh, Upfield Soccer oh, Club. Oh, this will be yeah. a controversial, yes. Yeah, I think it will be. I think he's gonna uh, he's gonna let loose. I think, and uh, we're gonna sit back and enjoy the ride for ten minutes uh, as the club would did, uh, deducted six points uh, recently for uh, uh, a uh, an infringement, which has uh, has caused a few problems. Then we're gonna jump over to uh, State League Three Northwest and speak to. I've tried to get this guy on a number of times, and I think he's he's really shy. So we might have to get that out of him tonight. But Alan Muscat, um, well-known football uh, personality around the uh, around the grounds, he's done a fantastic job down there at, uh, at Little Altona North, and uh, they've managed to get promotion up into State League Two with a win yesterday at Heidelberg Eagles. And uh, following that, we've got uh, Mark Tocoso, who's the uh, head coach of Western United Women's and Calder Calder United, who have this afternoon defeated South Melbourne in the uh, the Nike FC Cup up there at. Uh, uh, Valley Stadium in in Hume. Yeah, so, yeah we'll be going through. a great uh, another line of uh, group of lineup tonight. So uh, really looking forward to the chats. We have indeed, and next week is our one hundredth episode. We're still finalising the full details. Find out all about it during the week, folks. But it is going to be a live show. It is going to be a massive show. It's going to be a two-hour special next week. Um. Craig, do we say where it's going to be at the moment, or we're still finalising some last-minute kind of a things? But I think most people. Oh, no, look, still of- a, yeah, there's still a few things to uh, to iron out, Tonch. Um, yeah. Yes, but we've uh, we've got some fantastic guests already confirmed, and we'll let and you we'll know. We'll be announcing that during the week. Yeah, can't wait for that. But gee, some massive guests, Craig. Massive, yeah, massive. We'll, we'll do it at George Gross. They've been fantastic to us over the last five years, Tonch. <laughs> Uh, it's fitting that we do our hundred show from uh, from George's on Vista next uh, next uh, next Sunday evening, Steve. So we've got a two hour show, but you so you better fuel up a little bit more next week, Steve. Yeah, and turn Cut. your mic. And turn we your mic on. To, That's the first thing. We we won't need to bring a bowl of food onto the set because um, the catering at that venue is absolutely first class. <laughs> that venue, George's on Vista, and I can say yeah. that because I enjoyed a very fine meal there on Easter Saturday. Yeah. Oh, and I think, you know, yeah. if anybody wants to come next week, Tonch, we'd uh, we'd love to see some of our listeners uh, join us. Correct. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. Like more details will come to hand. There will be it'll be free entry. That we won't be charging anything. We won't be charging a booking fee or anything like that. But um, yeah, do do sort of pencil that in your diaries. Next Sunday night from seven pm through to nine pm, a special extravaganza two hour show of the football that we show our hundredth episode. And as Craig said, he's uh, let the cat out of the bag. It will be at George's on Vista on Sunday night. And uh, if you aren't doing anything, do come down uh, and be respectful while we are on air. But, yeah, we're going to encourage a live studio audience um, on that time. Huge stuff happening. And um, speaking of the George's on Vista, here's a couple of uh, messages from our major sponsor. Don't go away. Straight after this, it's the NPL Victoria Roundup. you find authentic Maltese cuisine? At Georgie's on Vista, in the heart of Fraser Eyes. We have a menu to suit everyone, which includes kids' and seniors' meals, and a cocktail list that will need you to come back several times to get through. Our specialty nights are a big hit. 
Tuesday is $20 Palmer night with a selection of Palmers to choose from. Kids eat free Wednesday night. With every paid adult meal, you get one free kids meal. Thursday is Maltese night. Check out the Maltese specials on our specials board. And Friday night, we have happy hour between 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Be sure to book your table to avoid disappointment. Bookings can be made via our website, georgiesonvista.com.au. See you at Georgies on Vista. You'll find us at Caroline Springs, George Cross. Welcome back to the Football Out West Show, episode 99. Steve, let's talk about the, uh, first of all, let's talk about the catch-up round in the NPL Victoria competition. Two games played over the weekend. Yeah, a couple of games on Friday night. And it was funny because I was looking out my window on Friday evening, this match to be replayed at Knight Stadium between the Knights and Green Gully. Of course, it was postponed after some heavy rain only a few weeks ago. Uh, I think Lockie Flanagan blaming himself, one of our um, uh, FV commentators blaming himself for these games being postponed. He seems to be the person who's the common denominator. But there is uh, Murnane opening the scoring. And good performance from the Knights with two first-half goals. John Albano scoring the other one. So the Knights, um, you know, I guess that they don't really have any pressure on them anymore. They've, uh, you know, ch- had a change of coach. And um, it was a, a Green Gully defence that was out uh, without the young uh, star central defender, James Doyle, who had a, I think he had a bit of a head knock in the previous game late on against Heidelberg. So he was not wrist. And uh, so Green Gully, not the result they wanted. They still find themselves in the top six. And Auburn's really wanted to get this win. And they got this early goal. Uh, Michael Gergic, the captain, claiming this one from close range jumping over the top of the, the Greens keeper. And then they returned the favour, Eastern Lions, at the same end in the second half. So that was definitely the scoring end there, the right of screen. Eastern Lions get a point there. That's I think that's uh, a point a couple of weeks in a row for them too. So um, well done to the Lions for uh, fighting on there. But, yeah, it leaves the St. Auburn Saints in two games ago, a slightly precarious position. Yeah, we were speaking about that a couple of weeks ago, weren't we, that they, they need a win. Um and I think against Eastern Lions, everybody thought that home, home, home result, home pitch would have uh, would have got them the win, but they didn't. Um, and like you said, Steve, they're really they're really in trouble there. Um, and obviously, Hume City uh, earlier on in the week as well, uh, Friday, I believe, uh, that uh, uh, Goran Lozanowski, the uh, the head coach of uh, Hume City, was uh, uh, left his post up there at um, at, at Hume. So, um, yeah, interesting times mm. in bottom there of uh, of MPL for sure. Well, let, let's look forward to uh, next weekend or, you know, one weekend's gone and we're already looking forward to next weekend. The game's being played. Um, a doozy of a game at night stadium on Friday night, Steve. Uh, Melbourne Knights hosting Altona Magic. Yeah, it should, should be a good match. I mean, these teams don't have a lot to play for, I suppose, so it might be an open and free-flowing game and hopefully, I haven't checked the forecast, but hopefully it's not a wet Friday afternoon, and we and we see any issues with the pitch being too too heavy. Green Gully, they'll be fancying themselves to get the three points on home turf against the Eastern Lions, so they'll be hoping to bounce back and consolidate their top six spot. This game is a beauty on Friday night: the Bentley Greens and Port Melbourne. So that's fifth versus third. Oh, wow. That is an absolute rip snorter. That's the later kickoff time, eight thirty down at Kingston Heath. So that one's going to be interesting. South Melbourne against Dandenong City. Um, South Melbourne looking to seal the the title, Dandenong City looking for survival. So lots to play for in these sorts of games. And then Hume City, Dandenong Thunder at 
Valley Park event center. So that game's got a lot riding on it too. Obviously, we don't need to say that. Um, St. Albans Saints on Sunday. Welcome the Oakley Cannons. Uh, again, both sides have got something to play for there and, and Heidelberg and uh, Avondale is a great fixture because they find themselves in uh, sixth and seventh. So they're going to fight it out for a spot in the finals. Uh, some really good fixtures with lots riding on them this weekend, guys. So I'm not sure what your pick of them is, but looking forward to a really exciting penultimate round of the uh, MPL Victoria men's uh, MPL one. Craig, you've got some information about Hume City and, and, and a new coach there. You've, you've mentioned that Goran Lozanovsky is no longer there, and that's that's crucial. Like at the moment, um, it's between Hume City and Dandenong City for that last um, relegation spot. Uh, what 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 have you found out? Yeah, look, and I haven't. Uh, I've I've heard it. Um, I have I have had it confirmed that uh, he's uh, he's no longer at this post. I spoke to uh, to Goran on uh, on Friday evening, and he's obviously disappointed um, that he that he's, uh, his his role has come to an end there so quickly. You know, four four or five games in, and there's not a lot you can do in four or five games. But um, I understand that the ex Western United defender, some Gullum's going to be coming in there to right. take over. So I don't know what that whether that's a bit of a um, a managerial change, given the fact that they want a response from the players uh, with just yeah. two games. That may be that may be the reason for a new coach in. Let's see, but it's a strange decision. But um, yeah, um, they're obviously uh, made that, and yeah, good luck to them. Now, doesn't it make that game between Hume City and the Thunder at Broadmeadows this Even Saturday night a very yeah. interesting proposition? Now, not oh. not that it wasn't already, but wow, we. Yeah, yeah, even more so. Yeah, yeah, the joys of football management, eh? Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be a coach for quids, mate. That's uh, that's it. Well, yeah, yeah. That last round, um, Hume City are away to Oakley Cannons. Um, Dandenong City home to Bentley Green. So look, it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, I tell you what, the next couple of weeks. Now, speaking of the Bentley Greens. We've got the um, we've got the coach of um, the the Bentley Greens um, who's joining us, the victorious Bentley Greens who defeated Oakley Cannons two one in the Doherty Cup. It's a very very warm welcome to Nick Tolios. Nick, thank you very much for joining us here on the Football Outwear Show. Ah oh, no, we've got audio problems now. We've got we've got visual, but we don't have any audio. Uh, it's just yeah. Hello, you there? No. No. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to keep on talking about the Doherty Cup. Um, did either of you guys take this game in? Did, did either of you watch the match? It's a good one, actually. No, unfortunately for me, I didn't. Uh, Tom, so I was uh, I was out yesterday afternoon or late yesterday afternoon in the city, so uh, I didn't watch it. But I caught up with uh, the highlights of it today, um, um, and uh, from 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 what I saw, it seemed to be a very yeah, no, that? no, no, can't hear you, mate. No. Keep trying. No, maybe log Definitely off. And come back again. Yeah, might be that might be the option. Yeah, that might be the case uh, to do it. Yeah. Very, uh, very open game. Um, Tonch, um, I think, um, you know, Oakley scored. Joe Guest, uh, having missed a chance earlier on in the game, scored uh, after forty-eight minutes. As uh, as we were saying earlier on, Steve, it was a bit of a calamity in the box there. Tried to. A bit of an air shot to try to clear it. It fell to uh, Joe Guest at the edge of the box and he rifled it home on 48 minutes. And um, you know, it's uh, there was a bit of pressure on then and uh, 
Bentley scored, I think, 78 minutes, and they got the winner, Mustafi, on uh, on 88 minutes to uh, to send the crowd wild. Now, is he with us? No. He can oh, hear us. We just can't hear him. Oh, you can definitely hear us. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's the so other. We may need to try either a different web browser or a different uh, device, and that might be the thing that uh, saves us. Perhaps we can try that. But uh, yeah, what a comeback and what a thrilling finish in this game. Uh, sometimes you think that these finals are not the match, uh, not the best match to watch. They're not not a lot to them. They can be a bit one sided, a bit boring, maybe a little bit defensive. This game. What, what a thrilling finish. Both goals were fairly similar as well. Uh, down the Bentley Green's coming in the left-hand side, loose ball in the box. Tom Strickland, his finish was excellent, and Yagub Mustafa's finish uh, was, was we can say it was a clutch finish as well on 88 minutes. And then, um, yeah, it's just uh, good news for the Bentley Greens. They've had a really busy schedule. I mean, obviously yeah. Oakley have too. Um, but they seem to, Nick seems to rotate a really good group of players. Everyone seems to be in good spirits and the, the team camaraderie seems to be what's um, getting them through at the moment. And uh, every from what I'm hearing at training, everyone is really turning up and pushing hard and setting the standard. And that's what you need this time of year when, when players are getting tired and weary, but there's yeah, a lot to play absolutely. for at the moment in in, in numerous competitions. So uh, well done. To, pres- yeah. Yeah. Right. It's such yeah. a prestigious tournament. It's been going for so long, but I guess now... <laughs> the next the next thing to look for is the top six final series. It's two more games to go. Um, there's still a lot lot of lot to play there for. I look, I, I tell you what, you know, Bentley Greens. Um, it's it's close. I mean, they're on 39 points there, and they're about two points ahead of Avondale. And look, anything can happen. Um, anything can happen in the sense that um, you know, a bad result in the next round or two. And you quickly jump out of that 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 top six um, uh, position, if you like. I think we've got Nick back. Have we, have we got Nick? It sounds like we might. Hello, Nick. Have you got? Is that better? Oh, Dang. that's better. Oh, yeah, perfect. Perfect. Got him on. That yes, is spot yes, on. Yes, yes. Mate, good to have you on the show. We we're just talking about Bentley Greens, obviously. And um, first of all, congratulations on winning the Doherty Cup. It is, after all, a very very prestigious tournament on the Victorian football calendar. But now, I guess, uh, and we'll talk about the Doherty Cup, but before we do that, the t- attention okay. now turns to the top six as well um, and, and and how precariously placed, if we look at that ladder again, um, you know, the, 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 the teams from, I guess, all the way from Bentley Greens, Heidelberg United, Avondale, even Dandenong Thunder with a good result or two could slip in. Um, it's pretty tight there um, in the middle of the table, isn't it? Very congested. Yeah, it is. Look, it's um, we've got a lot of work to do still with the last two games. Still, we've got a chance, depending on how results go, to finish second and have that first week as a bye. Port Melbourne's going to be a massive challenge, especially at home. But you know, for me, I think they're the one of most. In- they've got a, all their players are fit and firing. A couple of suspensions at the moment, but I think had an amazing job with them this year. And you know, I said at the start of the year. I thought um, Port Melbourne probably be. What was that? No, just broke we can up. hear you. Okay, carry on, mate. Yeah. So yeah, look. So we're excited, but we, we uh, we've got a big big game tackle Port Melbourne. So we're trying to make sure that we're ready and get ready for this Sydney FC. 
Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Nick, just on that as well. I am um, great performance. Uh, well, great result by the boys in the end to get the result in the first round of a uh, thirty-two game uh, after one hundred and twenty minutes. But you've been drawn against Sydney FC. Fortunately, it's at it's at home. Uh, how, how do you feel about the quick turnaround to get ready for that? It's just frenetic at the moment. It's absolutely insane. You wouldn't have time to do any training or anything. No, not really. Everything we're doing at the moment is purely about recovering and getting the boys up and about. An ideal, obviously, the game being brought forward. Um, I guess, you know, that's what we have to do for Channel 10. Made the call there. But look, for us, it's an amazing opportunity to have one of the strongest throughout our venue and have a crack at it. I guess that's all we can really do and I'm sure we'll put on a good show and as possible and like everyone keeps saying there's always in cup games anything can happen Well talking of cup games that is exactly what happened yesterday uh, last time uh, Bentley Greens were in the uh, grand final um, I believe you were in the commentary box weren't you so uh, it's a little bit different uh, now standing <laughs> in the technical area um, but how did you? Uh, how did you see the game yesterday? Um, obviously, the boys came came back or came good in the end. But um, how did you see the game? No, look, I, both teams were a bit tentative at the start. Cup final, I think um, it was quite swing. Oakley he had an early chance. Um, uh, Joey guess Pierce Clark saved. I think we then started to get on top. Up towards the end of the first half, had a chance just before half time, but we came out in the second half um, and Oakley positively, and we conceded the goal. Obviously, you saw Joey Guess's quality first time finish here in the back line by us, but um, the character we showed to get back into the game, I knew we still will probably um, change the way we played a little bit just to try and. Look a little bit more than what we were doing in the first um, 30, 40 minutes uh, um, of that second half. So it worked out and, yeah, um, Mustafa Yacoub came on and changed the game for us. Great finish. Yeah Nick, yeah, Nick, now Steve mentioned how, how it's quite a hectic period at the moment. It really is the Doherty Cup. You throw in the Australia Cup. You throw in the NPL and the um, top six series as well. Um, off the field, as far as that is, like we know, Bentley Greens is a big club, a real, real heavy hitter here in Victorian football. But with with this success that has come with this season, has that sort of translated into a real euphoric feeling off the field with the club, with the sponsors, with members, juniors, etc., supporters, etc.? What's the feeling at the moment at Bentley Greens off the field? Oh, look, it's positive. Um, you know, there's a real buzz. Obviously, because we got Sydney FC coming down on Wednesday night, but it's night at the ground. There was a lot of families there, a lot of juniors support, and it was fantastic for us as players and coaches. I think having the support of the entire club, you know, plays a big, massive role in last night as well. But the support around the club is fantastic. Um, look, they've got a culture there. If you come to Bentley, you're going to be prepared to knuckle down, work hard, and you know, keep that tradition. They've worked extremely hard to do over the last, last ten years. And after stuff. the game last night, Nick, was there was there time? Was there an opportunity to sit back and, and take it in and, and celebrate the moment that you had won a really significant piece of uh, silverware that that dates back, you know, over a hundred years uh, and to the club? And did the players enjoy the evening, or was it sort of like focus on recovery, get ready for Sydney FC? Yeah, 
Oh, we've lost sound again. Seems looks like we've lost sound here. It looks like there's a I'm little bit of bad. I'm going to give him a quick call now, and we'll get him on. Yeah. The, I'll get him on an audio. So uh, just give us a couple. Looks of like there's a yeah. It looks like there's a bit of a bad reaction there um, as far as um, bad internet re- um, reaction. Let's um, let's have a look, mate. Um, no, he, Steve, he's hopefully trying to come back. Hello, Nick. Can we got you back? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened. Oh, that's good, better. Ah, yeah. good, good. Yeah, um, yeah so just for internet. celebrations after the game. Yeah, look, it's a celebration. Some of the players went, um, one of the players' houses, and they had a couple of quiet drinks, obviously, Wednesday night is. And the coaches and the committee back to the club just had a had a feed together and um, had a couple of glasses of red and, Took a lot of lot of photos because, like you said, that is over a hundred years um, worth of history. Enough, to, I've actually got it at home, so I'm lucky enough to have it here with wife. And the kids were pretty rapt to see it when it. Were the kids up when you uh, when you got in last night, and was the missus happy you got home? Because uh, when I spoke to you yesterday morning, she she was saying that you're definitely coming home. Whatever happens, you're coming home. So no, I did come home. I- I came home late and I was a little bit. Um, I wanted to wake him up to show him, and she goes, "Don't get because I had golf plans today." So I had a golf uh, went to. So, so she goes, "I'm stuck with the kids all day." Now nah, they look. They, they they were wrapped. Look, it's uh, for the club again. Against, I think that's their third win, and has been been the captain you know, three years, three times, and we have won it. So it. it it's it's an amazing achievement. Yeah, fantastic, mate. Um, it's going to be a huge week for Bentley Greens. A huge next couple of weeks, in fact, for Bentley Greens. Um, thank you for joining us on the show tonight. Our ninety ninth episode. We've had some very very illustrious guests over those ninety nine uh, episodes, and you're one of those now, Nick. So uh, thank you for joining us on the show tonight. Wishing you all the best for the rest of this year. And uh, yeah. Once it's all finished, uh, put your feet up and enjoy a nice glass of red that you so richly deserve. Well done to you this year. Chief job. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Thanks, Nick. All well the best. Nick, and congrats. Nick Tolios, apologies for that. Seems to we, we, we have uh, uh, tell you, yeah. Australia, third a bit world of bad when it comes there. to internet. Yeah. Absolutely a disaster. Oh, God, we had a, we, Steve, we had a r- shocking episode last week on the Geelong Region Soccer Show. When we were having one of uh, the states, one of the most state, most exciting young junior prospects, Oscar Tanich, and uh, we could get the visual, we just couldn't get the audio. And then, uh, but anyway, we've rectified that. And uh, young Oscar Tanich, who has been uh, identified as one of the top forty junior prospects in Victoria, he will be on the show tomorrow. He's currently with Melbourne Victory, but an old Geelong Soccer Club junior. That is going to be coming up tomorrow on the Geelong Region Soccer Show. Gents, we're going to take a quick break. Um, it's uh, Mortgages are increasing constantly. The interest rates are going up. So now probably is the best time to start talking to a good mortgage mortgage broker who will find you the best deal. And the best around is Guzman Finance. Give Andreas a, a call and tell him the football, Geelong Re- <laughs> the football out west show sent you. Guys, don't go away. We're going to be back with NPL 2 and NPL 3. Guzman Finance, Point Cook's professional and trusted mortgage broker. 
Using the latest technology powered by Australian Finance Group, their lender panel has over 30 institutions including the major banks. Whether you're in the market for your first home, refinancing, renovating or buying an investment property, contact Andreas on 0425 826 or visit their website at guzmanfinance.smartonline.com.au. Welcome back to the Football Out West show. And we seem to have lost Steve. <laughs> was that a toilet Jeez, that stop? Was a, that was a short again? commercial break, that one from Guzman. He could maybe stretch that a bit longer, I think. <laughs> it's not quali- quantity, it's quality that counts. Uh, That's so right. Even it's quality. See that. well, well said, well said. You won't see that on the podcast, Steve, so you're all good, mate. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll have that ed- edited out of the podcast anyway. Sure. So. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> Back to the Football Out West show. Um, a big shout out to our sponsors, uh, Caroline Springs, George Cross, the major sponsor, but also to Guzman Finance as well, and to all of the clubs that have sponsored us uh, the all year, and to all of the businesses that have supported us all year as well. If you'd like your club to be fe- featured in an upcoming episode of the um, Football Out West show in our Club in Focus segment, um, contact us at footballoutwest at gmail.com. Um, that's footballoutwest at gmail.com or drop any one of us a private message if you know any one of us, Steve, Craig or myself, and uh, we'll organise it for you. Now, gents, let's move on to NPL 2. First of all, we've got some footage here of the game last Monday night, uh, Craig, uh, between um, Pasco Vale and Bulleen. Yeah, what a, game it was. Good. what a game What a match this was. Yeah. Yeah. Um... If you've uh, if you've not had a chance to to watch it, uh, get onto MPL.tv and uh, and watch the game. It's a fantastic game of football from start to finish. Two teams uh, vying for that all important uh, top top two spot in uh, in MPLT, which uh, as we know is is uh, very compact uh, to say the least. With four teams still um, vying for those positions with uh, with just two games to go. But this was a cracking game. Um, Bulleen took a, an early lead and. Um, Pascal Vale came back into it as you saw there then took another lead um, Berlin came back and then it was just two uh, ebb and flow from, from start to finish it really was a fantastic game of football um, a credit to MPL um, uh, two uh, because you've got two very very good football insides and uh, yeah great entertainment but it just has a great finish that isn't it by uh, oh. yeah that's, that's for the winner there um, but yeah look uh, great performance uh, keeps Pascal Vale um, in uh, in position there in third place on 41 points. Um, North Geelong still on top with 45. Moreland City um, on 43 after their performance against Werribee yesterday. But um, yeah, it's um, it's very tight there at the top, isn't it? Oh, so much so. It's, uh, yeah, this is going to be an be amazing last two weeks, isn't it? It certainly is, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. This week there's some big, big up. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say, Jim. So, Pasco, you're freezing there, mate. So. Cutting out bad. A little I? delay. Am I? Yeah, we've yeah. got a big, we've got a big, big round twenty-one though. Looking, look at Pasco Vale and Moreland City on Friday night at CB Smith. There's going to be a huge crowd at this game. I figure it's going to be. Yeah, hopefully, I might even uh, try and get on that one myself, Steve, as the uh, as one of the commentators if you're uh, if you're available because that's going to be a fantastic game of football. Absolutely, it's going to be a beauty. And then, and then you've got yeah, North pa- Geelong the Lean Lions as well. So, um, you know, Pascal yeah. Vale, North Geelong, Berlin Lions and Manningham 
we're in a bit of form at the moment with Brunswick Juventus. So um, yeah, pl- plenty of twists and turns, I think, in this uh, in this league. Yes, three Tom. key games there. Three key games, as you said. Pasco Vale taking on Moreland City. The battle for second spot there. North Geelong Warriors, they need a victory against Bulleen Lions to, to secure promotion to the NPL next year. Uh, Manningham United hosting Brunswick Juventus. Now, this is going to be a really good game because Brunswick Juventus are ready to jump in should either of those two teams above them, um, you know, um, falter or whatever. Um, but yeah, look, this was mm. this was a really really interesting game. I think a lot is going to now. The big one is at the um, in round twenty six within two weeks' time. Moreland City hosts North Geelong, so that could also come down to being um, a, a game where the championship is going to be decided. So um, yeah, look, so much to play for in NPL two. It's it's ridiculous. Really, really riveting stuff over the next two weeks. Just let's exactly- turn out. Exactly what you want, Tonch, isn't oh, it? In the football, is to have you know, hundred. You, know, you want these three, four, five teams all vying for those two spots, and you know it's going to come down to the last, probably the last game of the season um, for that second, second place, potentially, potentially the top two. So um, yeah, keep your eyes peeled yeah. on MPL two over the it's, next couple. It's just that competitiveness that gets the best out of everyone, and that's what we're seeing. Like that match on Monday night at the Veneto Club would have been fantastic to have been there yeah. and. These top four teams and and some of the teams below them are really getting the best out of uh, out of each other, and it's great to see and uh, and more of it. Yeah. I say, yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you, North Geelong have been really, really struggling in the last three, four weeks. They are they are they are very nervous. They're getting very nervous, getting very frustrated. Um, so it's not a given that they have taken out that title. Um, that game against Bulleen is what they call a six-pointer uh, in every sense of the word is absolutely important. Uh, let's turn our attention, gents, now to NPL Division 3. Uh, well, this has already been sorted, more or less, uh, the top two anyway. But, uh, look, there's still a little bit of a fight happening for positions three and four. Remember, um, third and fourth place teams here, they will take um, take on the 11th and 12th position teams in NPL 2 in a playoff, in a promotion playoff. Craig, take us through uh, NPL 3. Yeah, we're just going into that, uh, into those playoff there. You see Melbourne Victory and Western United potentially are going to be playing up against uh, Golden Valley Suns and Werribee City. So, you know, on, on, uh, on you know, current performance, I suppose, uh, if you look at it, both teams will feel unfortunate that they, they haven't made the top two in NPL 3, but the standard of... Uh, of of those two top two teams is is uh, is 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 fantastic. So, if it does go down to those um, um, those last two, which actually I'm just looking at the table here, it actually could be it could be one of three play teams, couldn't it? it could be Werribee City, Kingston uh-huh. City, or, you know, two mm. two of them on eighteen points, one on nineteen points. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's going to be very difficult in the bottom of that um, MPL two over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, as you said, Tosh, MPL three. Preston Lions and Melbourne City uh, both promoted now, and as you say, Melbourne Victory and Western United um, and Nana Wadding City potentially have still got an opportunity to uh, to get place, haven't they? Absolutely, absolutely. Michael Long's team, Michael, if you're listening to this, uh, how is Nana Wadding City going? Can they make it? And if they do, they may well <laughs> they may well, may have to dispose of. Michael Long's second favourite club, Western United. Oh, lots and lots of uh, torn, torn. Um, <laughs> uh, what's the word? Um, um, nightmare for Michael Long, I hey, think. In the, 
situations. Yes, yes, absolutely. He's going to be yeah. playing this this Saturday at Marnie's Reserve, so it's a chance for them to get the points and keep the pressure on those two teams in uh, in third and fourth, the two A-League Academy sides. So, wow, look out. And a couple of big games for them because yeah, now the Eagles are hosting Western United this weekend. That's a really big fixture. And uh, mm. Melbourne Victory, they're travelling down to Stead Park. And Geelong's in a little bit of form as well. So that won't be an easy fixture either. No, I went to that game last night, the, the catch-up round between Geelong and Springvale White Eagles at um, Stead Park. Geelong absolutely destroyed Springvale 4-0. And look, the White Eagles, uh, you, you would really have mistaken them for a team that is fighting for survival in the NPL competition. They really did, just did not look very interested at all. They just struggled. They, they, they just Geelong tore them to shreds. Um, it really, really was a very convincing performance by by the Lions. And uh, Jake Butler, the Geelong coach, was lamenting the fact after the game that it's almost taken to the end of the season yeah. for them to really click and start start playing the way he wanted them to play. But uh, nonetheless, he wasn't taking anything away from that performance. A 4-0 win um, by Geelong. So Springvale White Eagles, look, unless something drastic happens and that they can pick up, you know, look, all they need is a point. Um, to overtake Ballarat City, but yeah. the and way Ballarat's they got looked, Preston this week, so yeah, yeah. So you know anything's possible there, but but um, and look, um, White Eagles are away to Whittlesea Rangers. Then I think they play Melbourne City in the final game. So Ooh. so a winnable game. They're going to get a point. Yeah, yeah. If ever they're going to get a point, it's this game against Whittlesea yeah, Rangers um, at Epping Stadium on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Craig, how do you see state NPL three? It's, it's an interest. This is the competition that um, uh, Caroline Springs George Cross will be playing in next year. Yeah, they will be, Steve uh, Tonch. Uh, you, you're correct. It's uh, again, it's you know one of you know, or two of two of uh, three teams. Then obviously Whittlesea have already gone, as you said. Springvale must get a win at Whittlesea on uh, on Saturday, otherwise they are in big trouble. But you know. You can't see Preston Lions slipping up at home to Ballarat on on Saturday evening, can you? So that's probably, and then it's going to go down to the the, la, the last game in this division as well. But uh, yeah, looking forward to being in that league next year. Fantastic! Now, after the break, we're going to have the president of Upfield Football Club, Walid um, Hanat, coming on. He's going to be talking about a very, very um, controversial, well, so a, a controversial set of circumstances that saw his club. Um, have six points deducted. There definitely is a flaw in the system, um, in the transfer system, and we'll be exploring that after this break. We do ask, though, all viewers to be respective and courteous, and not to, um, um, and not to, uh, not to, please not to swear. That we, we had that a couple of uh, cases last week. We will immediately ban anyone who who, who does that. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to get to the um, president of Upfield. We'll also have a quick look at State League One as well, because that's another interesting competition as well after the break. Don't go away, folks. It's the Football Out West Show, episode 99, that you are tuning into. George's on Vista is in the heart of Fraser Rise. You'll find us at Caroline Springs' George Cross. Looking for a bit of fun with your meals? Tuesday night is bingo night. Bingo books are $2, eyes down at 7 And we have a special bingo menu for you to choose from, so be sure to get in early and grab a bite to eat beforehand. Friday night is poker night. Registration is from 6.30pm, with poker starting at 7.30pm. Why not join us beforehand for happy hour? Kicks off at 530 
We're also on Uber Eats, so you can enjoy your favourite Georgie's meals in the comfort of your own home. Find us on the app. Dining in? Be sure to book your table to avoid disappointment. Bookings can be made via our website, georgiesonvista.com.au. Sport requires effort, sweat and strong will, and Macron knows it. A leading global company with Italian DNA in the production and sale of sportswear, when Macron first entered the sports world in 1971, it was a small yet strong player. Since then, Macron has been growing at a very fast pace, supporting teams, sportsmen and women at all levels, working hard to supply them with the best technical products to help improve their performances. With over 4 million pieces of stock available in our Italian warehouse and an extensive range of on-field, off-field and free-time products, we cater for everyone from amateurs to professional sporting organisations, even referees. Ranked third most prominent football brand by the UEFA, Macron keeps expanding its presence worldwide, including Australia, where we are currently proud partners of Perth Glory, MacArthur FC, Port Adelaide and Parramatta Eels, and more to come. Work hard, play harder, Macron, your next teamwear partner. For more information, visit our website at www.macronvic.com.au or call us on 1-800-MACRON. Welcome back to the Football Outwear Show, and it is time now to take a look at the state leagues. And um, and first of all, uh, let's go State League One. And Caroline Springs, as we mentioned, promoted to NPL three competition next week, next um, next year, I should say. Great win there over Strathmore. Craig, um, take us through 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 the um, State League One competition. Yeah, it's a uh, as we've said many many times, it's a very uh, very tough league. Uh, from from top to bottom, with with uh, with some fantastic football sides in there, as you see, Caroline Springs, George Cross promoted. Um, but the the battle for for second place and the second automatic uh, spot is uh, is really up for grabs. Uh, Sydenham Park with a game in hand uh, against Strathmore, um, um, sat on thirty seven points. So Essendon Rawls, who are obviously in the box seat at the moment, on forty four points. Um, I look, to be honest, I can't see Essendon Royal slipping up between between now and the end of the season, uh, boys. But um, I think it will be uh, Caroline Springs and Essendon Royals. But at the other end of the table, um, huge game, huge game next Saturday for uh, for Strathmore um, as they entertain FC Clifton Hills up there as Strathmore. Oh wow! Wow! If there Whoa. ever is that's drama in football. If there ever is a game that uh, you have to win, it's uh, it's that one because. Uh, they don't. Um, I fear that. Um, yeah, well, certainly one of those teams are, are definitely going to get relegated. So, um, yeah, big game for both clubs. Steve, we talk about promotion. We talk about the clubs getting promotion and how much is at stake in that. But now, um, Craig's just talked about a game that has got just as much significance, just as much importance: survival against relegation. What's your what's your take on this game? What can you see eventuating at Strathnova Reserve next Saturday? I can see a, a dour contest, Tonchi. Teams do not want to lose this game. They are yeah. not going to be throwing men forward willy-nilly in this game. It's going to be maybe only uh, an error that might separate the two teams 
if not, it could end up being uh, perhaps a 1-1 or even a, maybe even a nil-nil. But I think there's goals in the game. And, uh, well, I don't know, does the home ground advantage count maybe a little bit for FC Clifton Hill, perhaps? Probably not, Steve, if I'm honest, because uh, both pitches were as bad as one another. If, if I'm honest, we were at Clifton Hills just a couple of weeks ago, and that was a, a quagmire. So I think the pitch will be a leveller. Um, I think yeah. that. Oh, game... sorry, it's at Strathmore. Yes, sorry, yeah. Strathmore. Yeah. yeah, I think that game Strathmore is about. When is the catch-up game between uh, Strathmore? Oh, and... that's a good question. When are they going to squeeze that in? I'm sure it's Tuesday, or if it's not Tuesday, the following Tuesday. It's certainly, yeah. it's certainly a, a midweek game. But like I said, that game there, it's uh, it's not a football game, as you said, Steve. It won't be. It won't be pretty. It's about you know yeah. which team wants it more and which team you know want to give everything for the shirt to stay in that league because you talk about promotion and as you said there Tonch, the, the 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 clubs that get promoted but the clubs that get relegated it's it's tough you know then yeah. to go out the following season try and attract players it, it becomes yeah. very very difficult you know we know Strathmore are going to have a big um upsurge in their in their ground uh, facility next year the government there Mooney Valley are, are said to be putting in uh, over a million dollars worth of of work on the pitch which they need is much uh, needed i think it'll cost more than a million dollars but they 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 need it um but yeah look you you don't want to be um, at any level of football you don't want to be relegated because the consequences of that are, as we know are, are, are dramatic if we look at you know George Cross for the last number of years and you know they've been out of the MPL structure for for a, for a fair number of years now and it's very difficult to get back up yeah now this is an interesting thing if anyone knows is it going to be this week or next week the catch up game because i guess if it's this week i think it has to be this scrap- week well, Strathmore right. won't Strathmore won't their won't their players be pretty tired going into the Clifton Hill game? Like, I mean, this will be a massive, massive week for Mickey Chalina's boys. I tell you what, um, they don't get bigger than this. But if it is this week, they're, they're basically going to be playing what three games in in a, in a week's time. Craig, is that going to make a difference? Yeah, uh, and all of them on their pitch, Tonch. Um, yeah, which so, is very heavy, as you said. They wear the pitch out. It's yeah, it's not Steve. It's because it's nothing there anyway. So um, uh, it's already it's, worn out. It, it's look, it's, it's a tough, tough uh, seven days for for Mickey Chalina <laughs> and uh, Strathmore. And uh, you know, I, I can I can tell you categorically that they're focused one hundred percent on next Saturday's game, and that's the game that that matters. Sydenham doesn't really matter to a point. Um, you know, they win or lose that one. It doesn't really matter. It's going to come down to that game with uh, FC Clifton Hills um, for, for whether they they survive or not. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time to now to look at State 2. And um, if we look at State 2, we're going to also bring up our... We'll bring up the ladder there as well on the weekend. Steve, a very, very important game that was played between Upfield and Westgate. Um, the, the outcome of that result saw Upfield jump back into top spot. What was the score then? 2-1. 2-1, was it? 2-1. Yeah, well, let's talk about that game with the president of Upfield, who um, has got a lot to talk about, a lot to get off his chest. Walid Hanna is the president there, um, and it's a very, very big um, um, warm welcome to you, Wally, from um, all of us here at the Football Hour Show. Thank you for joining us, and, um, mate, what an eventful last couple of months it has been. Um, let's let's start from the start. What happened that saw your club get six points deducted? Uh, thank you, guys. Thanks to Football Out West for inviting me tonight. 
um, to talk about what happened um, the last few weeks and also we're back on top now after winning last Friday, so that, that gives us a bit of um, relief. But let's talk about their six-point deduction that's been, you know, out there. The rumours were where there was 12 points. Some people were saying 18 points. Some people said no points. But I'll I'll say the story again from where it happens. Um, we had a player come in April, you know, to trial with us. And we said, yes, we'll sign you. We asked him if he had played anywhere this year. He said no, and so we registered him according to his ID. He went went ahead. Then my, I do the registration for all the seniors because our club has a lot of foreigners, and I do do want to be on top of that. So I transfer a yeah. lot of players from overseas to our club, registering players always from South America, Division Three, from Europe, Division Three. So we require ITC, and I'm always on top of these things. So. Registering a local player, that's the easiest thing I, I, I have been doing. So when I know the information, the correct information about the player, I usually do and follow the process. So I registered this player. I, we cleared him. So I called up FFA the next day to uh, ask if this is his first registration for this year, for this season, just to because I know FFV was um, short staff. They never pick up their phone. They take their time with replying to emails. So the best system is the FFA because they've got the overriding of my of the playfootball.com.au and yep. they've done a lot of um, quick uh, registration for us in the last few years. And that's the actual um, that's the actual uh, best option to call up FFA and, you, and they'll do a quick registration for you or a transfer or deregistration. So I've called up and I said, is this the first time this player has registered? Yes. They looked up the data. They said yes, according to what he's put in. And I said, well, that's come from his ID. Um, and then uh, the guy was filled it, um, was actually listed on the team sheet for six games. And then 9th of June, we get a phone call from FFV saying um, there is this, that, that. There is a player that's got dual double registration. So I said, uh, which player? They tell me the name. And I said, it can't be because I've, I've actually registered him according to his ID. He, he didn't pop up. They said, well, he's got a registration somewhere else with the middle name attached to his surname. So I said, but that's not on his ID, on his license. So uh, they sent me the email. I said, well, we'll reply back to you. So we had a club meeting. We said, look, to tackle this, we let's go legally about it. So we got a lawyer that we know. We showed them the rules of the competition. We went all around. We gave all the evidence. The player had to give statute declaration ourselves, the coaches. Um, we um, got them all the documentation they wanted. And we said, all right, well, we've provided everything. We've done everything. Um, we've read the rules. We've made the courtesy to call FFA and find out the player was. And I had to give him a phone log of um, my phone calls to FFA. Mm-hmm. Why? I, we've submitted everything and I ended up calling FFA the next day or multiple times to ask the same question if this player was their first time registered. They said, yes, it was. This is not even FFA not knowing this. So I said, this is not right. Find out this ID somewhere else. I gave him the ID, the previous ID of this player, which he was registered. This was already supplied by the FFV to me as part of this investigation. So they looked it up. They said, oh, this player is registered somewhere else, but he's got a a middle name attached to his surname. I said, how am I supposed to find that? I mean, where did this middle name? They said, well, we don't know, but he's got the same date of birth, same first name, but his surname and middle name are merged. 
So I said, well, now I'm, um, we're getting investigated for this. They said, well, you take that with FV. I mean, this is, you know, we, we are just a registrar. We, we overlook the system. So, I took, you know, this is, this proves to me that this could have happened to any club. Any player could come mm-hmm. from anywhere. It doesn't have to be from Victoria. Could come from Sydney, Tasmania, and he could say, I haven't played anywhere. But what, what we actually said with the player, and he said, look, I'll play the cup game 20 minutes in, in March. And I thought this cup game was not linked to state. That's when, when, when you guys asked me, I said, I haven't played anywhere this year. We knew he played for the previous club last year, but every year the registration system resets itself. So, and he provided his email and we registered him correctly. And we kept calling the FAB. We said, hey, um, this is what happened. Why wasn't this, uh, why we were not informed after six weeks? Why was this, why this player was listed six mm-hmm. weeks and we didn't know about it, that he was ineligible to play? Why did it come so late? Why were we any, we're not notified about it after first game or second game? They said, well, we didn't know about it. We don't do um, auditing to the system. Um, the clubs have brought it forward to us. So that's when we felt there is a, obviously a collective effort of clubs in our league trying to bring us down and obviously us being on top uh, of the ladder by seven points with the game in hand, have not lost the game. Um, that would benefit the clubs in our league. So... They, they, the FFV didn't want to tell us the, which clubs they were. It's, it's not, it's not the, um, they would not, they would not, I um, come up with this information. But we found out later on, and we found out how it came and which club wanted to bring us down. But that's that, you know, that's um, did not. Just to clarify there, just to clarify there, Wall, just for for everybody and, and ourselves. So the player in question that registered for you registered online with Play Football. But yeah. had already had another registration for this year, yeah, under a different name. Is that correct? A different. No, he had his middle name attached to his surname. So the okay. system does not find similarities at all. Yeah. The system um, yeah. itself it needs an update or needs a different coding system. That, I mean, this is something we're going to bring after the season. I've already mm-hmm. spoken to many clubs. A lot of clubs have found the same problem. I know clubs have called me from lower division saying, "Wally." We've got a similar issue we just found out. What do you think? I said, well, don't say anything. After uh, At the end of the season, report it. I mean, these clubs are not, whether they're going to get promoted or demoted, um, it's not going to affect them if they lose that game or that game. But it's actually, this is affecting clubs who are volunteers. They put a lot of time to registering players. And uh, we're finding it that there's no... Um, uh, everything comes as a rule. Okay, it's a club's responsibility. I mean, you have not given me a tool to find out if this player has provided me the right yeah. information about himself. There's nothing. And I think, there's I think big... that's the crux of the problem. Sorry, sorry, Craig, to interrupt. That's the crux of the problem. The clubs are doing an honest. Um, uh, what's the word? They're, they're, they're being honest about it. They're not. It's not that like they're being dishonest. Um, and to the best of your ability. You're going about registering or going through the procedure as it should be. So you haven't done anything wrong. The system obviously is flawed. But the is problem is, right? yeah. But yeah. the problem is there, Tonshin, and I know because it's it's happened when when we actually used to play against um, um, uh, Wally and his upfield side a few years ago. There was a particular side that had one player who was registered three or four times. Same player registered three or four times with yeah. different name, a different initial, whatever that might be. Um, and it's a real problem. But the biggest problem I see is that players 
can register themselves. Now, if you took that away from the player and put it, unfortunately, again, it's more work on clubs, but if you put it on an admin person of the club to register those players, this wouldn't happen. You've got an issue where a player can go, I can go online now if I want and register myself three times under three different names. Is that, am I correct, Wally? Yes. So I, so if you've got a, multiple emails, I can put my name, put in Walid Hanna with my date of birth, use, it, use that email, create an account, <laughs> give me a different FFA number, and then go again with a different email, put, put my name, and then create exactly the same account, Walid Hanna. It, you can create five, six accounts of the same name, and the system will not be, pick it up. or will just create an account, an account. So you'll have 10 FFA numbers if you have to. If you have to. Yeah. What you have yeah. to do is call them up and say, look, you know, I've created multiple, link me up to the original one that was registered whenever you played first. They can do that. But coming up to, you know, a player that comes from everywhere, I mean, uh, the player we knew he played at this club previously, but he said he'd not play this year and he wasn't on good terms with this club. So he came and signed with us and he registered. I had his FFL. I'll make, I'll make photocopy of license or passports or anything to keep with the club. Mm. So to provide that, he registered the right way. Uh, the problem is this this system, playfootball.com.au, uh, play does not find similarities. We had a better system. It used to, call, it used to be called Sports Vault about six years ago. They took that away from us. You would, play, you would put in the surname or first name with the date of birth. We'll bring up the player if he's active, registered anywhere, yep. or he's previous. And But you could not go further... Till this player provides you an email and a password that he originally had. And yes, it was. I think they, they took it off because we used to call FFV all the time, said, look, give us that password or that number that generates from by pushing the email. And that was a lot yeah. of work for them. So that's why they've gone yeah. and adopted that play football. Yeah, definitely. Now, Waleed, how much of a distraction has it been to the senior players and the coach there at Upfield? Uh, your last match, a bit of an upset loss against uh, Epping City. Has the players felt the, the pressure as a result of this situation and the uncertainty that the club's been put under? Uh, we were we were told about the verdict of six points deduction. Um, it was at their discretion. I mean, we've spoken to our lawyer. We've said um, what's happening. The lawyer said, look, Maybe nothing, or maybe three points maximum. Um, the FFV had to get their own, law, own lawyer involved, so they were not speaking to me. They could not disclose any information. Um, we were told about the verdict on Friday night, a few hours, I mean, a day before the Epping game, but we had to keep it quiet. I've told FFV not to change the letter because that will have an impact on the players, on, on the club members and the sponsors. So we had to keep it quietly. We didn't tell the players. And then on Saturday, uh, we, were up, we went away and we played against Epping. Um, there was a lot of controversial calls um, from the referee at that game. We lost the game 2-0. Um, <laughs> due to the controversial calls that we had, um, there was during that game, we had two red cards. So that week after the Epping game, we were thinking just about Westgate. We, don't, we didn't have our best striker. We didn't have our best defenders in there. Our keeper was injured. But we, we actually believe in the team. We've been the best team out there, I think, in this league. I mean, a lot of guys have said that. Us and Westgate have been my, the best team in the, in the league so far. Um, uh, and we said, look, guys, this is do or die for us. We're going to go out there on Friday, play that catch-up game and go back and win. And the players said, they put their hand up. They said, look, we've been playing for the shirt the whole season. 
this is the time that we can actually show our members and club followers that we are there for the club. And we're going to play whether with 10 men, we're going to be 11 soldiers out there. And we need big crowd coming. So we we had to invite all the, most of the club members, a lot of the teams, and we 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 brought a lot of um, spectators to the Westgate game. Unfortunately, look, uh, Westgate um, actually really really good side. They're the only side that took points off us at home. We have not lost at home at Gibb Reserve for the last two years, and they came to our, our club three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and they beat us three 0 So we were stressing about it. We didn't have the best of the squad, but. Um, uh, the guys that came off the bench did um, uh, did actually play just as good as the one that were off, and uh, we were out there. We actually we deserved the win. We should have been um, winning more than two one. We should have been two three nil before we conceded the mm-hmm. goal. And uh, I really want to thank over this channel the the crowd, the number twelve support the player. Um, that's how mm-hmm. I call it. They actually came all the way, the women's team, the under-18, the under-21, the reserves, the club members, they all came and um, supported the team and they were, we were celebrating after. Um, uh, and then we said, okay, two more finals to go against Hoppis and Lalo and we need the same support, guys. So, but going back to the FFV um, situation with the restriction, um, they definitely um, there's been talks with us about what can we do better with this system and we're going to have to meet with them or write them a big email about how to go about improving the system because uh, I've seen it happen at MPL too. Um, for two clubs in MPL, I think um, Brunswick City and Manningham um, lost points because of admin error. Yeah, um, yeah. Why, why is this happening? You know, this is yeah. Why is this happening? There's, I mean, that that actually wants me. I mean, every time I want to step out of the admin part, now I'm, I have to be attached to it. How can I hand yeah. it to a new volunteer and teach him this? And hand them all this sort because this could stuff a club, destroy a club. And that's that, that week yeah. from Epic to Westgate, the five days, the whole committee, the club members, and they were all talking about it, how we're going to tackle the game against Westgate, how we're going to win and and win that title deserved yeah. because we do deserve to be um, champion for state two. Well, Wally, we did see some footage there of the game that was played there on Friday night and the crowd mobbing, mobbing the, the players after the game for a well-deserved win. Uh, two big games coming up in the in the, um, in the last two rounds. We've got um, um, Upfield hosting Hoppers Crossing this weekend, so a big game there at home. Um, they're a Gib Reserve. I'm sure there's going to be a massive, massive crowd um, on hand to uh, support the boys there. And we may, um, we're going to have to uh, um, leave you, let you go. We've got um, Ellen Musket coming on shortly as well, um, as as well as Mark Takaso. But um, in the meantime, we, we wish you all the very best. And we may even t- um, t- touch base with you in a few weeks' time to see how it's all um, um, developed on and off the park. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks for hosting us. Good well, on you, Wally. Thanks, Wally. Uh, all the best. Thank you. Yeah, Walid Hanna, the president of Upfield. Um, geez, it's a, it's it is something that has happened on on, on several occasions now with um, several different clubs. He did mention NPL two um, clubs getting points taken off them as well. So yeah, definitely well, something it needs with, to be done. Yeah, it with my club when I was uh, a few years back. Tonch, it's it's a very it is an admin error. It's a unfortunately it's a it's a it's a problem on the system uh, rather than the clubs. But again, yeah. I think if you took the if you took the the onus of off the players um, the, and then it put it back into the club, then it's the club's responsibility. But also, football federation have to take some responsibility as well because the system's not not correct. 
Absolutely. Guys, we're going to take a very, very short break. Speaking of State League 2, one club that is going to make it and that has made it um, into State League 2 for next season is um, Altona North. And uh, we'll be talking to a man who, um, as as Craig says, we've been trying to get on the show for a while now and we can't wait to talk to this man. Alan Musket will be joining us shortly after the break. Folks, don't go away. It is episode 99 of the Football Out West Show. Looking for a space for your next function? At George's on Vista, our function room caters for all types of functions. Milestone birthdays, special religious occasions, work functions, hens or bachelor nights, baby showers, or whatever reason you decide is a good idea to get together with family and friends. Contact our friendly staff who will help you put together a menu that will suit your special occasion. Inquiries can be made via our website, georgesonvista.com.au. George's on Vista, in the heart of Fraser Rise. You'll find us at Caroline Springs, George Cross. Welcome back to the uh, Football Outwear Show. We've lost Craig, Steve. But uh, one of the things that has been really, really exciting over the last few weeks is we've been able to delve into some of the lower um, um, uh, lower leagues, if you like, or divisions Mm. of the state league competition and getting to know a few clubs, getting to know some of the clubs that are you know, uh, what makes this um, the, this state um, competition, state league competition so riveting? Now, Craig's back. Um, one of the guys that we've got yeah. on now is next. Tell us about our next guest. Ooh. Yeah, well, from uh, Altona North, we've got Alan Musket, and his side has done very well this season. And uh, their win yesterday has secured promotion for them from State League 3 Northwest. So I think it's time to say... Congratulations and uh, celebrations. Uh, good evening, Alan Musket. How are you going? Yeah, good evening, gents. How are you guys? Oh, no, on. not again. Very good. How are you, Musky? How's the head? <laughs> A bit sore, mate, but uh, yes, uh, it was all well, for, well worth it last night, mate. Yeah, well, there's the celebrations in the dressing room, Alan. Thank you for joining us. But um, there we go from State League News, and this is a very, very good Facebook page. They've uh, um, made a post there. Congratulations to Altona North on their promotion to State League Two Northwest. And uh, you join the champions Westvale Olympic next year in State League Two. And we just spoke about State League Two there with um, the president of Upfield Soccer Club. Altona North, they're in State 2 next year. It should be pretty, pretty exciting. You're looking forward to it. Yeah, look, it's uh, been a, a great year for the club um, from where we've come from, from State 4, from three, four years ago. Um, put a great team together and looking yeah, looking forward to uh, yeah, next season. Well, you know, for the club and also it's a, it's a great thing for the football club, to be honest. Yeah, now just talking, you just said then, um, uh, and congratulations again on on another uh, uh, another promotion. That's uh, that's two in your tenure at the club. I think you took over probably four years ago now, perhaps. How was it? Um, yeah, and how, yeah, that's right. Yeah, four years ago. Yeah. So, uh, what's been what's been the difference at the club uh, in that in that time, Al? Obviously, they've been in those lower echelons of the leagues for 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 a number of years, but uh, two promotions in 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 the space of three years. What have you done differently at the club? Yeah, look, I think um, yeah, look before my before I started there, um, Craig, the club was in, in that run by uh, Vince was the head coach there, and look, yep. he had the club on, on the right path, and I've came in there and just tweaked a few little things and added some professionalism to the club, and um, yeah, I think that and the backroom staff as well helped a lot with the with the committee, and we, you know we started a journey and a project where the, you know and everybody was on the same page. I thought it's a it's a good club, 
Um, and we've done, yeah, we've done exceptionally well. You know, it's, you know, getting out of state for yourself, you know, yourself, mate, not very, it's not a hard, it's a very hard lead to get out of. So, um, yeah, only one team getting promoted and obviously getting a, getting a look at state three last year for the first time, got a chance to dabble our toes with COVID and played half the year. And, um, you know, we went back to the drawing board at the end of the season last year. And once the season was called off and to see what, you know, what we had to make, do better, what we had to bring in, what we had to do better off the park. And as a collective, you know, from the committee to the coaching staff, um, I think we got it, you know, we got, we got it really uh, spot on, I think. Now you mentioned there just before the other guys, sorry, Steve, um, you just mentioned there about two, last year having the opportunity to double your toes. Did COVID help you there in terms of it allowed you to have a look at what you've got and where you need to be in readiness for this year? Yeah, look, I think, uh, look, I thought we start off with a, well, I thought we had a strong team last year. Um, obviously, not knowing the league and not knowing the clubs that are in the league uh, gave us an opportunity to play everybody uh, one game each. Come round 11, I think we, we hadn't played upfield or Ballarat. Um, and then the season got called off. Uh, look, we made some signings in that little window. Uh, we thought we would have you know, gave ourselves a good opportunity to push for promotion last year in the, in the back of this sec- uh, season. Um, as I said, season got called off. So it was a good opportunity for us to... You know, as I said, as you know, probably good or bad, however you want to call it. Um, yeah, it gave us a good opportunity to walk away from there and really reassess where we are as a football club and what we needed to improve on and off the park to, you know, give us the success that we, uh, you know, we got this year. And Alan, was there a particular game during the season or a particular moment where you thought, you know what, I can see we've put in the body of work and it's coming off for us and we're going to achieve something special and gain promotion this year? Yeah, yeah, good comments, Steve. Um, look, it's... There's a few games. Look, I think you know. Look, you know, if I'm being brutally honest, I don't think we um, I don't think we have played the best football all season. Uh, to be brutally honest, I mean, we're you know we're grinding at results. And um, look, to be fair, Westvale have been the you know the the pick of the year. Uh, their club, um, you know, been undefeated all year and has helped the billionaires club for you know gaining promotion as well. Um, they set a benchmark. Um, but I think look, I think probably I don't know. We played Williamstown and we drew at their ground. I think. Around first round, and we um, walked away from there and really reassessed where we wanted to be. We sat down with the club and as a club and, and coaching staff, and said, "Now, what, what do we need to do? What do we need to bring in? Uh, where do we have to improve?" And look, I think the club, you know, like I said, hats off to the football club. You know, they backed us in. They gave us all the resources to, you know, bring in players and and strengthen the squad where we needed to. And it's you know just rewards for everybody. Speaking of strength, strengthening the squad, Alan, so you've you've been there, done that. You've you've got gained promotion from state four to state three, so you know what it takes not only to be competitive but to earn promotion in the higher uh, league. The step up to st- um, state two now—that's another big step, another gigantic step. Um, does planning start pretty much immediately for next season, or are you going to have a little bit of a break and maybe you know take some time off and then start planning? How, how, what what are the ambitions for the club going forward? Take time off, yeah. Tonch. You're laugh. Coaches don't take time off, mate. This is like you guys to the Gold Coast every two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Great call. Yeah, look, Tonch. Um, yeah, look, like I said, mate, um, look, you know, to be honest, mate, um, I really want to, you know, I'm so grateful that we got to achieve promotion last night against, you know, Heidelberg and gives, gives the club, you know, Next two weeks to really enjoy and absorb, uh, absorb all the uh, all the festivities that come with it, and enjoy it. And, and uh, for myself, I think I just want to really, um, yeah, take it all in and really enjoy the moment with the football club and, and the and the playing group. And you know, look, 
start doing some thinking and, you know, where the club wants to be next season and, and where we all want to be next year and let's reassess myself and what I want to do next season and everything. Like I said, it's a, as yeah, Craig would say, no, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hard job, you know, it's and a lot of commitment and a lot of sacrifices and obviously family time and a lot of things that come into it. And yeah, and that's a, it takes a lot of effort and like I said, a lot of um, stress sort of came off my shoulders last night, to be fair, mate, after the result. And so now it's a bit of time yeah. to enjoy it. You know, and I uh, really enjoy these next two weeks, to be honest, mate. So I'm not really haven't really thought about after next two weeks, to be honest. And we'll just sit down and have a yeah. chat after the season, to be honest. Well, we spoke yesterday morning. We spoke yesterday morning, didn't we, for for fifteen minutes? And uh, I could uh, I could sense that there was uh, you know you were just glad to be out there away from everything with your with your little one playing football. Uh, actually, up at George's, wasn't it, where we uh, we had a chat yesterday morning? But just going back to um, uh, Dwayne Reserve down there, and obviously uh, the pitch and the and the club rooms and everything of uh, of uh, Hobson's Bay Council. Um, agree to to do anything with the facilities down there because obviously it does need a little bit of a an upgrade. Um, is that something that's on the plans for for the club? Yeah, look, that part of the um, that part I haven't really devolved much into. To be honest, Craig, the club, um, you know, obviously with this year with you know the clubs, you know, spoken Hobson's Bay and uh, you've had a couple of little things happen to the club in terms of upgrades and so forth. Um, yeah, but in terms of the of the facility itself and the ground. Oh, that's you know work in progress with the with the uh, with the council, as you know it's uh, always uh, it's always a battle with the council uh, being uh, just a just a one ground facility with no cricket and no football, so it's always hard to get some um, get some upgrades to the football park. But look, you said you know uh, look the ground's the ground at the moment. We know what the ground's about. Um, unfortunately, it's not in the best condition, but yeah, at the moment we'll um, yeah we'll get through the next home game. Hopefully, Sunbury. We've like I said, we've had to play our last two home games away and source other venues just to play those games. So that was a headache and stressful for the club as well. And the club, you know, obviously losing finance, losing finances and stuff, doing that as yeah. well to go play at other grounds just to get games played. So, look, it's something that you don't really want to do. But, look, as a football club, we just, you know, we, we took that on the chin and, and done that. Yeah, definitely. And just one more as well. You've scored the most goals in the league this season. You've got the second and third highest scorers in the uh, in the comp as well with Petrovsky and Stadnicki. Um, is there something special that you're doing at training to have the players find the back of the net so much on the weekend? Yeah, I think it's. I think it must be our fine system. Every time you kick the ball over the fence, you get fine. So I think uh, that might ah, take, that's uh, a good system. That might take yes. into consideration. I think, mate. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, Craig, mate, any I'm... last questions? No, I just want to um, uh, congratulate everybody. It's a great little football club. Uh, we had many duels down there in, in my time uh, in the lower leagues and uh, actually won the championship down at, uh, down at Altona North on the final day. Oh, uh, I had to mention this. I did, yeah, oh, but it's, it's, it's a great little club. There's some great people around as there, are, as there is in, in all football clubs. And uh, I just wish you all the best for next season, mate. You're a champion bloke and uh, it's a great club and it's great to see that you got promoted, bud. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on and really appreciate your time and uh, look all the best to the show great show always tuned to listen to you guys and uh, yeah, wish you all the best as well guys thanks Alan, Alan. Thanks, thank Alan. You congrats that's Alan Musket and yet another Maltese backed club doing really really well Altona North um, following the footsteps of bigger brother Caroline Springs George Cross both earning promotion guys we're going to take a very very short break when we return it's our final guest for tonight Craig and who may that be I have forgotten. Oh, right. It's, uh, yes, looks. <laughs> I was, yeah. was writing down. You on the spot there. Had some note, you did. Um, yes, it's, um, it's, it's great to have Mark Tocasso from uh, the Western United uh, newly formed women's A-League team, or the 
Yeah, women's A League, isn't it? A League women's, yes. A League women's, yes. yes. And obviously, obviously, uh, been involved at Calder United for many, many years, and uh, they've uh, come off a fantastic win in the Night Cup this afternoon. So, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to welcome Mark DeCosta to the show. Yeah, we'll be talking to him, and we'll be also looking at the Nike FC Cup that was played earlier today, straight after break. Folks, don't go away. We're into the home straight of episode 99. Thank you for being with us so far, and there's still a lot more to come. Don't go away. Guzman Finance, Point Cook's professional and trusted mortgage broker. Using the latest technology powered by Australian Finance Group, their lender panel has over 30 institutions, including the major banks. Whether you're in the market for your first home, refinancing, renovating, or buying an investment property, Contact Andreas on 0425 826 or visit their website at guzmanfinance.smartonline.com.au. Where will you find authentic Maltese cuisine? At Georgie's on Vista, in the heart of Fraser Eyes. We have a menu to suit everyone, which includes kids' and seniors' meals, and a cocktail list that will need you to come back several times to get through. Our specialty nights are a big hit. Tuesday is $20 Palmer night with a selection of Palmers to choose from. Kids eat free Wednesday night. With every paid adult meal, you get one free kids meal. Thursday is Maltese night. Check out the Maltese specials on our specials board. And Friday night, we have happy hour between 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Be sure to book your table to avoid disappointment. Bookings can be made via our website, georgiesonvista.com.au. See you at George's on Vista. You'll find us at Caroline Springs, George Cross. Yes, that's right. George's on Vista. That is going to be the venue for next week's extravaganza, the 100th episode of the Football Out West show next Sunday night from 7pm till 9pm. It is going to be a two-hour bonanza. And we have got some huge, huge guests lined up. Some of the biggest in the in the state, let me tell you this, and we are itching to tell you all about it, but we'll, we'll keep that suspense over the next few days going as we um, announce those guests um, uh, these, the, each day of this week. But uh, it's now time to bring our next guest, our final guest on for tonight, and he is the coach of Calder United, the victorious Calder United, who defeated South Melbourne 3-0 in the Nike FC Cup just uh, hours earlier and he's also the coach of the inaugural Western United A-League women's side, Mark Takaso. It's an absolute pleasure to bring you onto the show, Mark. Good evening, and how are you? What are you doing, playing Murder in the Dark? <laughs> oh, no, we've got a problem with his audio as well. Oh, no, it's just what is going on. Um, Mark, you might, you might have to change something in the settings there, unfortunately. Um, it seems to be a, a, a recurring problem. We, we just don't know what it is, but um, we'll have to ha- um, have that. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not from our end view. So it's not something that we can um, really make any, um, uh, what's the um, judgment error changes or anything like that. But uh, anyway, let's go through the um, Nike FC Cup. Craig, take us through the, um, the, the game that was played earlier today. Yeah, the game was played up there at, uh, at Hugh. The game was played Going on there. I think we might have not marked it. I think we might have not marked it. Yeah, can you hear me all right? Yeah, we can hear you now, yeah. Mark. That's yeah, we can hear you now, Mark. That's good. Oh, that's good. 
We can hear myself. We can hear myself. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. I'm good. We've got some. We've got some feedback. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we've got some feedback. Just not. We're just. We're just not winning tonight, are we? There's fair income. It's very unlucky, I think. Very unlucky at the moment. Uh-huh. Just, yes. And now we've lost Craig. To, oh, no. What can't is seem to, going on? Uh, uh, you know, after last Monday night's show, Tonchi, I don't, I don't know how the uh, Croatian football show went during the week, but the Ozcro show. But uh, i tell you what, we had, a, we had a bit of a bit of misfortune last Monday night, and we feel like it's continued a little bit tonight. So let's see if we can get uh, – I, yes. I think Craig's left so he can fiddle around in the background. He's just going to – plug in some cables and, and pull a few cords and he's actually got a tin can phone system that he's actually adjusting at the moment. We're going to get Mark to speak to us now, but there is the goal. That's the second goal and that was uh, Alana Cern, I think, shooting from distance. I think it might have come off uh, the veteran uh, Alexander Sinclair, perhaps, I think, that second goal. And then uh, this yeah. is the third goal of the afternoon, which came in the second half, which sealed it. There we go, winning the penalty kick there. And it was yeah, five... Five uh, titles in a row in the Nike FC Cup for Calder United. So that is a, uh, a juggernaut in the cup competition, that's for sure. They are going to take some beating. But uh, let's see let's see how we're going with our connection with uh, Mark Torcaso, their, their coach, and see if we've got him on the line now, have we? Craig's Craig, thumbs up. How are we going, buddy? How, have we got Mark on the line? We certainly have. Mark, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, we perfect. can. At least, at least we can't see you, but we can definitely hear you. We saw you very, very fleetingly there. But, Mark, thank you for joining us on the show. We looked at the uh, some of the highlights there of the goal scored there. Um, as, as Steve mentioned, five uh, years in a row or five um, uh, Nike FC Cups in a row. Mate, you've really, really started a dynasty there at Calder United, haven't you? Oh, you can't just say me, mate. There's a lot of people that go into it. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a pretty good run, to be quite honest. So, um, obviously, there's, there's a lot of people that put in put in the effort. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it was good. It was it was a tough one today, to be honest. So, uh, no, we'll take the fifth one, mate. No problem. And the scoreline 3-0, sounded, it sounds easy. You, you think it was a little bit tougher than that and South did give you a good run for your money? Yeah, it is. It's just because the, the girls are, are used to playing on fields that are a little bit, little bit smaller than than Hume, and, and Hume's quite a big mm. pitch. So um, they sort of spent themselves in the first 25, 30 minutes, and and you could see the game sort of slowed down a bit. But our girls sort of just continued on because we had played there two weeks before in uh, in the Nike FC Cup semi final. So uh, we sort of adjusted, knowing that it was going to be pretty difficult. But um, yeah, no, it was good to get it to get it locked away, mate. In the end. And what's the what's the uh, what's the, the the plans now for those for those uh, girls? Now they've uh, they've played in the in the Nike Cup. Does the, how many games left do you have in the in the season? And um, is it now uh, the the yourself and Heidelberg? I suppose is it at the top there for for that uh, exclusive uh, MPL title? Yeah, so there's uh, there's three league games left. We've got four because we've got a game in hand. So we're um, I think we're two points clear at top. So it's just. Um, uh, getting this one out of the way today was important. Um, now we're just focused on the next couple of weeks. Um, I think three wins hopefully should do it for us, um, which would be fantastic to to, knock, to to sort of get the Premiers played again if we couldn't do that this year. So, yeah, we'll just focus on that for the next few weeks. Well, there's the ladder, and you can see, um, yeah, correct, you are um, two points ahead of Heidelberg United in second spot with a game in hand against Box Hill United, who are in third last spot. 
this week, Bayside United, the bottom side, who has only managed one win and two draws from their 18 games this year, they host Calder United at Kingston Heath Soccer Complex. That's on next Saturday. So, look, some... Some winnable games coming up, but you know you can't obviously rest on your laurels. But uh, let's let's talk further afield, Mark. You've been appointed the um, head coach of the inaugural Western United Women's um, A League Women's side. Um, there's been some uh, uh, recruits and some appointments during the week. You had Alana Tern Chedner from um, from Call the United sign up during the week. Um, in a very very interesting way, she was um, it was like a press conference and she rang her mum up during the week, and it made for a very entertaining uh, viewing, that's for sure. Um, it was great to see a, a real uh, innovative way of, of, of uh, announcing a new recruit. Yeah, and I think it was the um, the person, uh, we wanted to get the person right of who we announced as our first one, and um, Alana Soon is someone that's worked extremely hard for so many years. Um, she's only quite young still, she's only 19, 18, 19. Um, someone that's always just missed out on on these type of opportunities, but has deserved it in, in, the, in the years gone by. Um, so with her being, you know, a, a Western suburbs, Northwestern suburbs girl, um, and someone who hadn't had opportunities in the past, we found it quite fitting to to make her as our uh, inaugural, I guess, player um, announced. So um, it was a fantastic. Uh, I think it was a great setup the way the guys did it. Um, and obviously she was she was pretty emotional because it was her first official contract. So uh, I'm, I'm, I've got pretty big wraps on that kid. I, I think she's going to be a, a great player for us. Yeah, and as Tonchi said then, it was a phone call to mum to tell her that she was going, she told her she was going for some kind of sponsorship uh, um, deal, uh, but ended up phoning her and telling her that she signed a contract at the club, which is uh, it's fantastic. And just uh, yeah. just watching the video here in the in the background here, and it's, uh, yeah, her face, uh, her face says everything of how happy she is to uh, to have signed that contract. So, um, so what's the plans? Uh, obviously, now in in readiness for, for for next season for you, Mark. Um, I think we're just we're just starting to put together the the, the playing group, and and obviously with with Calder's connection with Western United, yeah. um, you know there'll be there'll be some players that will come and transition from that um, into the into the A League, um, which is which is great because you know Western's uh, obviously ambition was to have a you know group of players that have sort of been connected with a coach through a whole sort of stage and. Um, you know, it sort of yeah, it sort of works that I'm, I'm able to coach these girls now at Calder, and and then just adding in a couple of internationals and things like that over the next few weeks, and uh, and then hopefully we're ready to go. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's it's shaping up pretty well. Obviously, the backroom staff's pretty much been appointed, um, and uh, as I said, we're just going through the final final couple of contracts with some players, and, and yeah, and hopefully we're ready to go. Yeah, Mark, you mentioned the backroom staff, the assistant coach, Helen Winterburn, and you've also picked up the football manager, Amanda Stella there. How excited are you to work with those two? And perhaps will there be any others added to that list as well? Yeah, so uh, fantastic. Uh, Amanda's putting her heart and soul into the Calder and Western connection, you know, to make the whole the whole football opportunity work for girls. Um, so it, it's, it's great to be able to work with Amanda. I'm lucky enough to work with her at, at, um, at Calder as well. So uh, we work well together. Um, Hello Winterburn's appointment is, is a fantastic appointment. Um, obviously, just making sure that, uh, you know, we've got a connection with elite pathway players um, and, and having her on board. You know, she's the emerging, uh, emerging Matildas coach. So um, having her involved is, is very important for our club. And, um, obviously, being an A-League women's team, we want to involve as many, as many um, female, uh, females as possible and give them as many as much opportunity in the game as well. Fantastic. Craig? Uh, Tom, 
Yeah, I was just going to say um, underneath, obviously the um, the Calder and the and the uh, uh, the uh, A League women's there. Is there plans at the club to have um, more of those academies in the in the younger age groups as well, Mark? Is is that the the foresight of the club? Yeah, I think I think the initial thing was just to get uh, a senior women's academy squad going. So we had that going on for the last the last year, which was great. Yeah. Um, now now we'll aim to sort of bring in. Some younger age groups, just bringing in, you know, bringing them in potentially once a week in a West United setting um, and feeling that environment of what it's like to be a pro. Um, you know, we want to try and go as, as young as sort of 12 up. Obviously, that's a critical age to start looking at plays and stuff. So um, that's the aim. But I guess the, the the really good thing is the connection with with Cold United is is fantastic for Western to have because they don't have to go out and you know create their own pathway when when effectively they've got one ready to go there with with Calder. So. Uh, it kind of works. It, it, it works, you know. It's working at the moment. So um, until it doesn't, uh, we'll keep going, I guess. And and in terms of training and facilities, will the, will the uh, will the women train um, alongside the men there up at the uh, up at the hangar? Uh, I think there is. I think there is a little bit of uh, interest to do that as well. I might get to see your face a fair bit. Um, <laughs> down, down George, you will see. But um, who knows? There, there is there is a couple of things that are going on at the moment. Just trying to work out how it looks, but. Um, the, the important thing for me is to make sure that the girls get, get every opportunity to, to feel what a professional environment is like. Uh, and if it's the same to replicate what the boys are doing, then great. If it's not, we, we find another way, then we find another way. But yeah, just putting all those final things in place right now. Yeah, very exciting. And Take a step. Go, Mark. Go on, go on Steve, sorry. Go uh, on, Steve. Mark, yeah, Mark, just on how Calder will operate, it's going to be a different look. Uh, they're moving forward without... You as their head coach, how will how will they look going forward? Will they will they sort of continue in, as the entity that they have been over the last few years after um, you, you move off to the uh, to, to the A League women's side and, and that this side is born? Have you fired me already, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know how that will look. Um, I've I've I've, I've uh, expressed that I that I would like to still be involved to some extent with Coldo. Uh, I don't know if it'll be as a as a head coach or a co-coach or a, I guess a football director or something like that. But um, I feel I feel it's really important to still have the connection with with Cold United just to sort of continue the pathway that Calder and Western have got. Well, I suppose um, that's so, your baby uh, as well, Mark, isn't it? Because obviously you've been there a long time now, and uh, you've seen the transition from where they were to to where they are now. So letting go of that will be uh, will be difficult, I would imagine. Yeah, it will be. I mean, but like, I'm also I'm also interested to make sure that you know we do we do you know if I've got to move move forward and can only have a limited capacity, uh, you know, someone else can have a turn and 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 build something and and guess get the experience that I got and and one day maybe coach another league side as well. So uh, it, it's been it's been a really good journey at Colder. 2016 when we when we formed, I was a first employed coach, so I've um, been there ever since, and and it's been a great it's been a really really good journey. So. I'd, I'd like to hope that I can still stay in there. So, uh, whoever said that they, that I might not be, uh, was that you, Steve, that said that? I, oh, I think just you're so. Me, so. <laughs> well, now, just Mark, trying to read um, between the lines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Mark, speaking of exciting times um, over the next twelve months, let's talk expansion for the uh, uh, NPLW competition. There's the there's the ladder on screen of the Victorian Premier League women's, and as it stands at the moment, Preston Lions, Burundara Eagles. Southern United and Casey Comets, although Melbourne University and even to an extent South Yarra has an opportunity to get promoted. But four of those teams will be joining the eight current teams in the NPLW competition to to create a 12-team league next year. Um, More games, 
um, more teams. That surely could could um, be an exciting time. But is there enough talent? Is there enough talent? We, we've we've spoken to uh, Dan Foden from Preston Lions and definitely Burundara Kerry Eagles. But is there enough talent to sort of support uh, such a big jump from eight to twelve teams in the um, elite women's division competition? Yeah, listen, it, it's it, that's a tricky one because um, I've been part of the the old the old WPL and now the new MPLW. So uh, that that's a tough question because it, it it is it is sort of touchy. I think there is um, there is a lot of girls that sort of fall out of the game after the age of sort of twenty five, twenty six. So um, an expansion, you know, obviously Preston and Brunendara, they'll, they'll they'll have their stuff organised pretty well. So that'd be great. I'm not sure how the third and fourth team would look, and if they're if they're going to be ready to go or not. But um, there there is definitely a, a dilution in, in the female game um, because they sort of some of them sort of move away from the game at sort of that age of 24, 25, and that. But um, you know, you hope that taking a gamble with putting four teams up is going to work. You know, it might increase participation in regards to girls. You know, playing in the lower levels that might want to come up and play in the NPL. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you hope, you hope. Um, you know, with what I think, I, I don't know if it's the right move. To be honest, I think only two teams. I think only the two teams up should be the way we should be going at the moment. Um, just because of that exact reason, there's just yeah. not enough players. Um, yeah. And then as as A League women's uh, competition becomes more professional um, and probably gets extended more into more next year, it, it, you know, you're going to have less players coming back from from A League playing yeah. as well. So it's only going to make it worse. So. Yeah, that, yeah, that one's a tricky one. I, I, I'm not sure how that will look. Now, obviously, for the expansion of, of of girls' football and women's football in the country, how important is next year's World Cup for you know the next generation of of youngsters coming through? Might not happen, you know, straight away, but um, you know, the next you know five, six, seven, eight, nine years, uh, how important is that World Cup next year for for Australian women's football? Yeah, it's, it's important for women's football. I think it's just important for, for football in general. So. I, I think a World Cup year is going to, I guess, put us on the map um, in regards to people take us will take us a little more seriously. Um, obviously, the, the Matildas are a successful brand. Um, you know, it might increase the the quality of A League uh, players that might want to come from uh, from other other countries. Um, but yeah, I, it's going to be great. Like you can already see already, there's a buzz. There's more players wanting to play at the lower level. Um, that's why I think what we're saying more about the. Um, the MPLW is just probably not ready yet for another couple of years until maybe after this World Cup where you get an increase of girls playing at sort of the younger grade groups and then over the next few years you can probably expand on that after. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that, that's, that's going to that's be the tricky one there. That's a good, really, really good point. Yeah. Steve? Yeah, Mark, uh, just one last one for me because I guess we are running a little bit over time and thanks again for joining us after the, the big win today. But uh, can you give us any teasers um, after Elana Stern uh, joined uh, last week? Could there be uh, you know another signing perhaps during the week, this week coming? Uh, yeah, I think there'll be a couple over the next few days. I don't want to spoil the uh, the um, uh, I guess the, the, ad- the advertisement of it. Um, there'll be a couple of internationals that will be announced this week. So we wanted to be... We wanted to be very um, stringent and, and tight on what we looked at as an international player. So uh, we're able to have four internationals. So we've, we've, um, we feel that we've secured four of the best um, that are going to dominate this league. So I reckon maybe in the next 24 to 48 hours, you'll, you'll see one of our first internationals that will be announced. Um, that That is he's very good. Uh, she's an American um, 
and that's all I'll give you. <laughs> oh, that's very generous, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that on that note, Mark, thank you very much. We look forward to a rather rather exciting week ahead, and thank you for joining us on our episode um, ninety nine of the Football Outwest Show. It's going to be a huge 100th episode next week, and I'm sure there's a, there's going to be a, a fairly strong Western United flavour as well. So, mate, thank you very much for joining us. Wishing you all the best in your role as Western United women's head coach and also with your future endeavours as far as um, the Calder United Football Club is concerned. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, guys. You're doing a great job, mate. Oh, look, you guys are spot on with what you're doing. So thanks a lot for that. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks, Mark, oh. and all the best to you. Mate, thanks, talking Mark. like that, you can come all on the, the show anytime you want, <laughs> mate. Oh, no, you're more than welcome. <laughs> anytime, guys. Anytime. Let me know. Thanks, Mark. Cheers, bud. Perfect. Good Thank on you. you. That was Mark Takaso, the um, um, a very, very enthusiastic, very ambitious and a very, very nice guy in general as well. He's done a great job. Um, He's done a fantastic job. You know, if you think 2000 and what was it, 19, he said, that, uh, or 16 rather, was Calder formed. Yeah, and they, 2015, was it? Yeah. No, a real gone. powerhouse, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, real powerhouse of women's football. Gents, that brings us to the end of yet another riveting show. To everyone that's um, tuned in tonight, thank you so much. And to those that have tuned in from start to finish, it's almost been a two-hour show tonight, but there's just so much happening at the moment, and um, it is great. It is great to have Victorian football so um, entertaining as it is now. What are we going to do in three weeks' time, four weeks' time when the season finishes? I'm dreading that already. But uh, Holiday, maybe? Holidays? Yeah, yeah. What's oh, that? What's that? Have, have downtime? What's that? Yeah, I forgot. Folks, I forgot what holidays are. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. On that note, have a very good week, all of you, and we look forward to having your company next week. And stay tuned throughout the week, not just for some uh, um, announcements about Western United A-League women's players, but also what awaits us this week with our 100th episode. We look forward to having a big party next week. Two-hour show, live from Georgie's On Vista um, Bistro, home of the Caroline Springs George Cross Football Club. And um, it is going to be a massive show. Craig, Steve and myself will be providing all sorts of little tantalising tidbits of, um, of, of announcements throughout the week. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Good night.